Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Athletic ability will take you to a certain level. And I had that. I was strong. I had a natural line. But unlike in many other sports, for example, swimming, which I was also competitive in, there was another thing in diving that I was not willing to face. And that was terror. Hi, it's Joseph. And thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Are you great at anything, or do you want to be great at anything? We're all good at some things, but only a select few of us are willing to do what it takes to experience greatness. And if you've ever experienced greatness in anything, you know that it only comes as a result of being tested. So in this four-part series, we'll be looking at life through the frame of being tested. And we'll start today by distinguishing between the content of a test versus the context of one. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and then click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I wanted to talk just for a little bit about something that may be a good frame for whatever challenges you're facing right now. And I'd love to hear about what those challenges are. But um, I've been thinking a lot about the frame of being tested subjecting ourselves to being tested. You know, for me in my life, the earliest form of that was athletics. You know, most of us as kids are subjected to some form of physical education or what passes for physical education. And then for those who are, I don't know, I guess enjoy it or like it or have parents who make us do it, you rise into levels of uh, not just playing, right, but competition. And then in competition, you transition from a place of just playing around with a form, whether it's field hockey or swimming or wrestling or whatever it is. There's the first stage of it is sort of an experimentation, I guess, exploration. Oh, what is this? How do I hold the stick? Oh, I can't do this with the ball. That's not allowed. Okay. You're sort of fumbling around there. And then once you learn the rules, then you're, you can play. And then if you want to play really well, it goes into this whole other territory where you're testing your skill against other people or a clock or some boundary, right? And not everybody will go to that point. Not everybody will necessarily go to the being tested and finding out how good they are at the thing. But I think what those who do find out is that how good you are at the thing 
is not what it's about. Because that's just the content of it. It's not about how hard you can hit the tennis ball or can you swim faster than the guy next to you or even in wrestling, can you defeat the person in combat? You know, it's not actually about that. It's about all of the things that you have to do to hone yourself into someone who can do that. The focus, the discipline, the concentration. You know, many people will see athletes, elite athletes, that operate at the highest levels, they see them on television and they go, oh, wow, I wish I could do that. And actually, most of the time, it's not really true. They don't wish they could do that because in their lives, it's easy to observe that they have no interest in putting in that kind of focus, that kind of dedication that kind of commitment where you make training for whatever that is more important than, well, anything else, you know, because that's what that kind of greatness at the elite level of anything. One of the governing dynamics of how you get there is you, you make eliteness in that thing, whether it's a sport or a relationship or a business, whatever that is. You make it more important than anything else. A musical instrument. You show me someone who's truly great at something. And I will show you someone who made it more important than everything else. And I wouldn't use the word sacrifice often as people do because that makes it sound like, like they didn't choose it. Some people hear the word sacrifice that way. It's just a rigorous choice to say, this, this thing right here that I want to become great at, it's more important than anything else to me. And then what you find is it's far more about you than it is the thing, right? It becomes about your relationship to that thing. So for me, I guess the earliest one for me was springboard diving. And uh, I was good, but not great. And the reason I never got to greatness, well, on one level was because it didn't really matter to me. I knew it was supposed to matter to me. And people were always talking about the potential that I had. And I wanted to be great at something. And I was already good at it. So I figured, well, I guess I'll do this, even though secretly for the last four or five years I was doing it, I really didn't like it. But my desire to be great at it or good at it was never bigger than the fear I had of it. And what I learned in, in diving was there's athletic ability will take you to a certain level. And I had that. I was strong. I had a natural line. But Unlike in many other sports, for example, swimming, which I was also competitive in, there was another thing in diving that I was not willing to face, and that was terror. <laughs> Springboard diving is one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. And that, that never appeared to be worth it for me. 
not that kind of fear. Fear of landing back on the board. I once kicked out of a reverse one and a half and hit my finger back on the board, which you know was like two and a half feet from my head. You can die that way. People hit their heads on diving boards every day in the world. That never seemed worth it to me. I once did a reverse dive pike, you know, um, the trick, you guys remember when Greg Luganis in the Olympics years ago, uh, when he hit his head on the board and he had HIV that was like 88 maybe. And so there was that whole thing about that. People don't realize how close divers come to that all the time because the Newton's second law, I think it is, a equal and opposite reaction. So a springboard, as opposed to a platform, you push it down and it goes in because it's springy, right? It bends. So when you push it down, it bends in. And so that inward push, the equal and opposite reaction, it obviously pushes you up, but it also pushes you out. So when you, the further you bend that board down, and the better you are, the further you bend it down, the more that board's going to push you out. And the more that board pushes you out, the lower your score is going to be because you're not supposed to be out. You're supposed to be passing the board at about two or three feet. And you need all that height. So um, physically, what's going on is as the board bends down, you compensate. And you're not at a 90-degree angle with the board. That angle becomes more and more acute. So relative to the board, you're straight up and down. But there's a kind of leaning back that you have to do. So the reason he hit the board on that dive was because he compensated just a bit too much. And he rotated... uh, his hips were stayed over the board instead of about six inches over the board. That's how fine an adjustment that is. That's how close you do that. People come that close to the board all the time. And uh, yeah, for whatever reason, that never was worth it for me. That, that fear, that fear of like, oh, is this going to be the time where on my way down, I split my head open on the board? It was never worth it. But for some people, it was. And for the people that it was worth it, they beat me. There were two guys in my league that were, uh, you got to be a little bit crazy to be a springboard diver. And uh, just their passion, their hunger, their, the, the, it was just bigger than the fear. And I would see them and I could, I saw the, I dove with them. I saw the look in their eyes. They, they were, they were moved to push on despite the fear. It's not that it wasn't there, but they didn't give it much room. And so I was still doing the same dives. I did was my senior year. I was still doing the same dives I did two years ago and they were doing reverse twisters and all sorts of other, what are called blind dives where you're rotating back toward the board and can't see what you're doing. And so some fear in your life will be worth turning toward and pushing through. And some fears in your life won't be. But make no mistake, greatness happens when you turn toward it. So if there's something you're wanting to be great at in your life, there's no mystery, really. There's never really any mystery. Either you've made it the most important thing in your life, And it's become a vehicle to face your deepest fears 
whatever those are, shame, unworth, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, either that thing has become a vehicle for you to test yourself and find out really what you're made of, or it hasn't. And I think that many of us will spend a lot of years sort of circling around something and they're not necessarily consciously doing this. Sometimes we know, but there'll be this thing. I want to be successful in this business or I want to be able to play this instrument really well or this sport or this yoga pose could be anything. And people can spend years, decades, even their entire life telling themselves they really want it. But what's actually happening is they're negotiating with their own will. And so on the outside, they're like, oh yeah, I'm really trying or yeah, someday I'll have time. But what's really going on is they're in a long decision-making process about how much it actually matters. I was with springboard diving for the last five years I did it. I think every time I got on the board, I was probably unconsciously asking myself, is this really worth it? Do I like this? Why am I subjecting myself to this? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's just somehow sometimes how it is. You know, of course, it's nice when we make decisions quickly. There can be really good things about that. Could be a marriage, right? You could, I think probably all of us have experienced being in a relationship where it's more bad feeling than good for six months, a year. And you're asking yourself, boy, is this worth it? This is really a lot of work. Well, relationships are work. Yeah. This much work though, right? I mean, before any divorce happens, typically that's going on for a while, right? You know, you're going, wow, this is really hard. I don't know if this is worth it. Sort of a slow motion decision happening there. And then if it ends in divorce, you know, often that's because you finally arrived at something, some learning. We're like, no, it's not. Or you arrived, yes, it is worth it. And you bring everything you have to it and you're tested and you realize that this just was over. But I guess the the invitation I'm bringing then is whatever challenge is before you, look not only at the content of it, what skills and learning and actions it's requiring, but ask yourself, in what way is this challenge testing me? What was it asking from me? How is life inviting me into a bigger version of myself here? Because if you don't ask that question, you're automatically going to be in a subtle existential victimhood mode. Because if you don't choose the test, you're on the receiving end of it. Oh, this is happening to me. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app 
view the full description of the episode and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.